What's going on, Canes fans? We are back with another episode of All Canes Radio Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Monroe. I'm joined by the two lovely gentlemen, Harry from All Canes. I'm stepping up for you. This I know. Week. I like it. You I'm, like that? Yeah. How's everything going here? Everything's going you great. Kind of. Yeah, you know, we're getting close to kickoff. I mean, yeah. the first game, you know, got a big party in a week and a half. You so, do. Um, a lot of work going on. You know, my big issue right now is getting merchandise. Can't get it. What do you mean? You I'm, I'm oh, in a, way, I'm in a store for full help. of merchandise. Yeah, but the new stuff, the Adidas stuff. You know, I mean, Adidas is like I get their stuff's on a slow boat from somewhere. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it doesn't have to do with COVID and everything else getting shut well, yeah, down. Shipping wise, I mean, shipping delivery. I mean, I, I talked to my printer the other day. He can't get a white medium shirt anywhere. What? Wow. You white T-shirt. Baby gaps over there, man. Get medium all day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah. It's different. But yeah. I get what you're saying. It's just, it's just, I'm just saying. There's just so many delivery issues and, and product issues. You know, you can. There, there's companies that tell us they're going to ship us, you know, small, extra large, and double X, but no medium or large because they don't have it right now. But they're going to ship what they got. You know, so it's just, it's just kind of frustrating this time of year. It's not what we want. And the other thing is, anybody wants a job, I'm looking for help here at the store. Weekends, afternoons, mornings. Tell them just to come on by. Just come on by. There you yeah. go. What's the address? 5831 Ponce de Leon Boulevard. There you go. Anybody looking for some work? You know, everybody out there sometimes needs yeah, some help. Yeah, every restaurant I know, every store I know is looking for help. So, hey, as long as it pays But, good. you know, it's a Kane thing here, so come on by if you're a Kane fan, you know. He's going to pay you in merch. Hey, Platon, how you doing over there? Good, my man. I was going to actually ask Harry, when and where is the party in Atlanta for those uh, the fans The party listening? in Atlanta is at the Buckhead Saloon. Right. You can go to our website, allkanes.com. All the information's there. Um, it's $16 in advance, $20 at the door. We're going to have some UM greats there. Reggie Wayne's our special guest. Um, we're going to have uh, Lamar Thomas emceeing. And we're going to have a special guest that's actually our guest today. Who's that? going to come and talk a little bit about something he's got going, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And that's Melvin Bratton. Melvin. The original OG, right? What's up? What's up, fellas? How's everything going, my brother? Slow mo, man. I can't complain. Don't nobody listen to me anyway. <laughs> We're listening to you right now. We want to hear, right. hear everything good. that you have to say. <laughs> All right, B. I got y'all. <laughs> if y'all didn't know, Melvin Bratton was a running back from 1984 to 1987 and 87 national champion. And also, I guess we have to thank you for bringing that swag to UM, inventing that swag that all the young pups like myself know about. Uh, bringing that pedigree of championships to Miami. I, we have to thank you for a lot of things. Appreciate it, B. Now, the thing is, man, we, we Alonzo and myself, we spoke into it existence. Coming out of high school, you know, I took a trip to Ohio State, Michigan, Pitt, and then the Texas A&M sent a private plane to pick me and Tober Bain up and Tommy Streeter. And we supposed to, I was supposed to go to Southern Cal the last trip. I just want to go to Hollywood. Being from the inner city, I wanted to see Cali. <laughs> But I was tired of flying because all the trips was like in one month. So I said, like, nah, I canceled out and went across the street and hung out, you know, saying at the U and camped out. But when we did all that tradition and saw Ohio State and don't go to Michigan, a few of Michigan, don't go to Ohio State and Pitt and all that. So hi, Lonzo and I was on the phone. We was good friends in high school. So we played against each other in high school. He went to Columbus. I went to Miami Northwestern. So we're talking one late night. I say, hi, man. What you want? What you think about what school you want to go to? He's like, what you think? I said, what you thinking? What you think? We going back and forth. <laughs> I said, man, you know what? I'm thinking about, you know what? Damn all these other people. You know what I'm saying? Let's just stay home and change the culture of Miami football. We didn't know anybody at the U, no names or nothing. No disrespect to Speedy Neal, Albert Bentley, and Keith Griffin. But we didn't know the history. So we both say, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I say, 
let's go and turn this whole program around and win a national championship. I mean, 83, we didn't know we was going to win a championship that first year. And I was redshirted, but he, you know, he started and played the game. So I guess it all went, if you speak it to fruition, things that happened. So then that was my mistake saying 84, you know. You know, I'm I'm young. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But actually, I just thought I didn't. Tell, I was redshirted, so you're right. 83. I was I was I was, I was a scrub. I was a cheerleader. We can't say scrub, you know, because here's the thing: if you're a freshman, that means you are on um, obviously the scout team. So you're one of the reasons why the team was elevated to the level of play that they were at. Facts. You know, because the defense has to go through a guy like you every single day, pounding away, and it's like, yo, my man, chill out over there. But then the reason is, look at what you got. Yeah, I did play Turner Gill at the quarterback because I came from a wishbone offense. So, yeah, so I, I gave them the business, and they were so pissed off. They said, knock the crap out of me because they couldn't stop us. <laughs> and so I, I got them prepared. So, yeah, you're right, B. I, I'm good. I feel Good shout out there. That's right, man. Yeah, listen, everybody's a scrub when they come in as a freshman, right? So your job <laughs> is to get the upperclassmen or the starters ready to go. And when you got to deal with, like, somebody like Mel, that's hell. You don't want to go in there tackling week in and week out. They're going to be like, oh, here we well, go they again. hated you, didn't they? Oh, who? Mel? You? No, you. Oh, me, yeah. Because you kept showing off yeah, to them. Yeah, because I like talking trash. <laughs> I, I think I picked that up from the older guys, though. Watching a couple of film, I was like, all right, so they got swag, man. Like, I got to bring some swag from the punter position, you know? You did. You did. So before we get into the Miami culture, the history, everything, recruiting with you, some great stories, we are also joined by one of your business partners, Max Goodman, as well. And you guys are going to tell us exactly what you guys have going on for this upcoming season, an app that you have going on. And I think that not only that Miami fans are going to be listening on the one, but just sports fans, entertainment fans in general. So, Max, nice to meet you. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on. No, I appreciate you guys having on. And, of course, I've been in Harry's store many times. Just, you know, you wouldn't recognize me until now. Hey, so, that's the uh, shoplifter. That's the shoplifter, Harry. <laughs> you've been looking for That's him. That's him. That's the white guy. The guy darted through the cameras. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, you nailed it right on the head, too, because the best part of, you know, how we're going to grow as an app is exactly through what you said, just through the Miami fan base, through the recruiting. And uh, basically what we are is crowded. We are an events-based social media platform. So I want everyone to think about their Twitter and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, except we put aggregate all the posts together on an event page. So if we're talking the upcoming Miami, Alabama game, everything from, you know, the articles before the game, when you get the tailgating going, all that, the game when he touched down, all the posts during the game, everything is on one page. So you no longer have to worry about missing out on content, searching all the hashtags and keywords. You know, when we score that game winning touchdown, what, what are you typing in? Hashtag UM versus Bama, hashtag Miami versus Bama, hashtag D King. There's a million different things. And then I realized that most people don't even put hashtags, including myself. So how are you going to find this stuff? So all we do is just make it super convenient for you where we automatically put it onto one page. So now you see everyone's reaction to it, you know, all just right there at your fingertips. Now, let me, let me see how I'm going to say this. Is it just pictures or is there anything more to it? So let's say I'm going to the Miami game for App State and I have this crowded app. 
is there anything else to it? Or is it just, hey, I, I get to see the pictures? Or is there events that you guys are going to have going on? Is there going to be get-togethers? Yeah. So right there, you go, you know, you're going to say you're attending the App State game, and we'll automatically auto-share everything for you, first of all. So you can just take pictures and the videos on your phone, and we'll automatically put it to that App State game page for you. Mind you, you always have control of your privacy. So, you know, when you're doing that beer funnel, don't worry, not everyone's going to have to see that. No, that's going to be that's going to be hairy. I don't drink beer. That's going to be hairy. <laughs> I don't do funnels. You, you don't do funnels? No, no. You don't do fun then? <laughs> Come on, bro. I, I chugged way back when, but I, I don't do that anymore. What, last week? No, not last week. <laughs> I used to bite the beer can open and just... You look like shotgunning. Shotgunning. Yeah. Shotgunning. Yeah. I thought but, you, I thought you I, popped I that open tired. with the well, keychain. I got tired of cutting my lip doing that too. <laughs> oh, there you, you know. But it takes it takes the photos. Does it also take like uh, uh, tweets, let's say, and throws those in there that are being tweeted about the game or about the event or Instagram posts? Uh, Instagram Great posts question. as well. Like, uh, how does that work? No, everything's organic, so we're not taking it from the other apps. Um, I kind of figured they would look at us like a competitor, so I don't think they would be too happy with that one. But yeah, I mean, it's the same concept. Pictures, videos, um, you know, news articles, whether it's from The Athletic, Miami Herald, et cetera. Um, just regular kind of status posts like a tweet. So all the above, you know, kind of get put into this event page. So you just have everything conveniently at your fingertips. So if we're going to the App State game, First of all, you're going to say you're attending it on the app, and then you're going to go straight to the Orange Lot West Side. Come see the 50 States Vodka Crowd at Tailgate, where you get a free drink of vodka when you download the app. So, but everything. Wait, 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 is wait, 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 what, 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 what kind of pour? Are we talking about like bougie restaurants pour where we measure it out, <laughs> or are we going to like half the red cup of 50 States Vodka? Right. Just no, making turn sure. Your hand, hey, turn your hand up. Turn your hand <laughs> you back. know, you know, it, it might. Miami, we get a little wild at the tailgates, you know, just making sure so the, the, the crowd knows what's up. It depends on what time of the t uh, tailgate it is at that point. So we'll see how uh, easy we get uh, pouring it. But, yeah, just everything is aggregated. And the best part is we're starting with the Miami fan base. And really, when everyone goes on the app, you're going to see, like, a discovery page. Think of, like, a TikTok, you know, Instagram discovery page. So, you know, I don't want to say I'm biased, but we happen to be spotlighting that Bama Miami game and right under it I got the graphic designer who does all the edits for the high school recruits Kane's Productions uh, he does great work and we got together you know Mal and a bunch of other people and we're like all right who's the top 30 recruits Miami's going after this year and next year we had Kane's the guy Kane's production uh, make 30 ed edits for the kids now all of the Kane's fans who mind you that's all we're telling to at first go to the app Go to that Miami Bama page. You're going to see the edits. Like it. By the way, our like button is a little high five. There you, you know, go. No heart. Yeah. So a little high five and then comment, you know, show the kids some love. And the best part is, you know, first of all, you know, as a 16, 17 year old, you know, you, they love seeing the attention like that. But the timing is so perfect because we're able to help out the kids so much now with the NIL. So these kids need to grow their brand and their following. So we're able to say, you know what? Hey, look at Crowded. Look at, you got 3,000 likes and 1,000 comments, you know, right off the bat. Now these kids are growing their brand and they're going to be able to negotiate better when they get to college. So it really benefits them too. Now, who follows all the, you know, all these big time recruits on social media? Nut job fans. Fan, every single oh, fan base, every single college. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, they're going to be like, okay, wait a second. How does Miami have its own app? They got a leg up on me now. So not only are we growing the app, but we're giving Miami a legitimate advantage. Don't you think like Manny Diaz and T-Rob can go to recruit now and say, oh, you know, that big social media app that just popped all Canes alumni, they're all eating together. They're all benefiting together. That is the Miami brotherhood. Well, other school can say that. So, I mean, if that's not a recruiting pitch, I don't know what is. So it just, you know, listen, I'm always diehard Miami fan. It just, it's very fun and awesome that I can tie everything together and have Miami benefit too. But see, my thing is, uh, fellas, I love it because the old school music and 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 and, and Max and Alonzo don't crack up about Gloria Estefan. I'm a big Gloria Estefan fan. That's my girl. I saw her live at the arena downtown in college, bro. And that was the hottest concert. Don't laugh. She's 63 years old. Her birthday September 1st. Damn. I'm not a, sta- I'm not a stalker. I'm not a stalker. stalker. I'm not a stalker. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, that's my girl. So, listen, I saw her. I wish Crowded was around at that time. So, if, when you download this app, anybody got Gloria Estefan music or videos or her being, you know, on stage live, bro, that moment was awesome because it was epic because the whole stand stadium got up and left their seats and did the bunny hop all the way around. I mean, the whole entire place. It was crazy. So I, don't I would think love about, to see uh, Melvin doing the bunny hop. He took Gloria Stefano. I would love yes. to see that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, y'all can have y'all can have two live crew. Y'all can have all the people back there, man. Gloria is the, the bomb, bro. You know what? <laughs> if you just get on a jet ski, you can go right behind her house if you want with a camera and get some, like, paparazzi photos. No, nah, I want to knock on the door. Me and, me and Emilio, I want to have a cigar with homeboy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we, you know what? We just got a, a bonus special guest that just added to the room, another national championship running back from the U. Alonzo Highsmith has joined the chat. So what's up, man? Uh, just enjoying my time and listening to Melvin Stock. That lady, I'm calling the police. <laughs> hey, bro, you know what? You got to run five gases, uh, homie. You late, bro. You late. I, duty, I'm, I'm gonna war- I'm gonna go warn Emilio and let him know that there's a guy that's probably in a boat. It's not gonna be a big boat. It's gonna be <laughs> a, a little boat, a rowboat. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a jet ski. Let's just say that it's, it's gonna yeah. be a jet ski. <laughs> I would use How you guys doing today? Now nah, we're doing we're blessed. We're we're ha- we're talking to two Miami greats. You know how can we be in a bad mood? You know, and uh, it's sunny here. I don't know what it looks like over in Seattle. Most likely raining and stuff like that where you're at. No, actually, you know what? It's 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 a nice lukewarm day. Lukewarm. A little overcast, but it's warm. Yeah, I think I take that lukewarm day over what we have over here in the triple digits right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you might be right. I just came from Texas the same way. Texas, why well, is he? So, bro, are you are are you talking live from Russell Wilson's locker? Is this Jock sitting there right there next to you? Or what, bro? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 where where in my locker? Yeah, uh, locker and everything. My locker is with the poor. My locker is with the poor people. <laughs> <laughs> it does look a little tight back there. It's like you're in the corner, Alonzo. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get one shoe, one sock, <laughs> one pair of shorts, and that's like you got when you were at Miami, right? Back in those days, that part. Yeah, well, we used to steal that stuff. <laughs> yeah, was, the, Bob, was Bobby your equipment manager back in those days, or did he come after you guys? Yes, right? tattoo. You know, yes, yes, tattoo. Was Bobby was the man? <laughs> Bobby was your you know, equipment they, manager as well. Yes, and Mike Short. 
You know what they used to do? Marty. You know what was real dirty, what they used to do? We would take stuff all through the years, shirts, all kinds of stuff. One day in spring football, you don't see any of the equipment guys around. They're in your room getting back all their stuff. You, <laughs> you didn't even have time to prepare. You know what they did? Had the collection agency to go yeah. to the door. I forgot about that. Yeah, they, it was it was collection day. It was like IRS day. They, they, hey, you're out on the practice field. No one knows when they're coming. And they just come in the room, storm through it, take all their stuff back. They, they, they've got warrants and they're, and they're going after the goods. <laughs> I mean, at least at least they came back and took the equipment. You know, when I was there and we had, you know, advances in selling stuff online, Bobby used to sell everything. So he would take all the top dudes like, oh, here's uh, Sean Taylor's Game Worn Gloves. Boop, let me take those. And now they're on eBay. <laughs> You're like, how did Sean's glove get on eBay? Just a, like if we really just had the game. And he would sell. There's no doubt Bobby everything. has a yacht. Oh, for sure. We <laughs> used to drive a Porsche. I, I know that. I never seen a equipment manager come in an Escalade one day and a Porsche the next day. I was like, wait, I'm in the wrong business. I want to let me clean some clothes. I, I think I think equipment guys across the nation, and I, I don't think I don't even think it was stealing. I just think no one thought about that kind of stuff back in the day, and they just had the stuff because when, even when I played, I didn't know what to do with my gloves or anything like that. She just threw them away or you – you know, you threw them to somebody in the stands and all of a sudden you started looking up on television and you're seeing this kind of memorabilia going for sale and all. I'm thinking of all the memorabilia I had that I tossed away. I tossed away a lot of money. I wish I would have stole a lot more when I was at Miami. Yeah, but you think about your first car. You know, my first car was a 67 GTO. I wish I would have kept it. You well, know, that's because fire. it'd be worth. Then my next one was a 65 Mustang. So uh, You got some taste over there. Exactly. All right, so we were talking to Mel about actually coming to the U a little bit ago, and, you know, you guys came in together. You guys kind of started almost like the pipeline of staying in South Florida. How did that come about, and, you know, why did you guys ultimately decide on going to Miami instead of somewhere else around the country? Who wants to go first? You. You. I already gave my spiel, bro. Okay, well, you know, a, a lot of people didn't know this about myself when I first moved. I didn't move to Miami till the 10th grade year in high school. And I didn't know anyone in Miami when I moved to Miami. Um, I was supposed to go to Killian High School. And I was calling, my dad was calling his friends who coached at Killian, like, hey, can I want well, my son? He wants to come down to the United States and play football. Killian told me no, that I probably wouldn't be able to play for them mm. coming from Canada. And mistake number one. Um, and then we went to another school. They said no. And by chance, I knew a kid in Montreal who was family, well-off family. They were moving to Miami. And they said, hey, go check out this Columbus High School. And and that's how I got to Columbus High School. They didn't recruit me. They, I found them. And um, I, if Killian had said, come on, I would have never been at Columbus High School. Well, as I go through Columbus High School, I meet Melvin one day at a flea market and we become friends. We start talking, and then the football season, and well, we're both highly recruited across in the nation. And I kind of knew I was going to go to either Miami, Florida, or Florida State. I didn't want to leave the state of Florida. And um, me and Melvin started talking. I thought Melvin was going to USC or somewhere like that. I didn't know where he was going to school. And 
all of a sudden people started telling me, you know, my, good players from the state of my, from the city of Miami never stay in Miami. Miami never gets the best players in the state of Florida. So me and Melvin started talking. We went on a recruiting visit together, Jerome Brown and Winston Moss and all of us. It was a perfect storm because we all went on a recruiting visit at the same time. And we all, you know, you meet that girl and you say, this is the one. No, that's not, how not, it not was. <laughs> that's how it was at Miami when me and Melvin and Jerome and we all met at Miami and we all looked around and said to each other, you know what, we can make this something. Because when I, you know, before I came to Miami, people told me, everyone in the nation told me, don't go to Miami. You'll never play in a bowl game. Um, you know, it's not a place for you and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and I really liked Howard Schnellenberger and I believed in the words that Howard Schnellenberger told me. And I started quizzing Melvin on the phone, like, where you want to go? Where are you going to go? And I, I was going to say Miami. Then he said Miami. And then we said, okay, I'm going to Miami. Then we called Jerome Brown. We call all these guys. And, you know, and one of the things me and Melvin took great pride in in our, in our freshman class, we took a lot of pride in recruiting for the school. You know, we went to all the dinners, mainly because they were good dinners. <laughs> and we, and you could order as much as you want. Yes. But we told these coaches, this guy fits with us. This guy won't fit with us. Um, get this guy. Now forget about that guy. We became, in essence, the best recruiters for the school because, you know, and what people didn't know about that 1984 team, I will say this, they're probably more talented teams than a 19. 84 national championship team, but I would take that team in a street fight over any Miami national championship team. And they taught between our freshman class and what that, that group of people taught us how to be cocky, how to work, how to be tough. Don't take shit from anybody. That's what those guys were. And they kind of remind me of the Philadelphia Flyers. There was a 30 for 30, the Broad Street Bullies. I think it was. It was the story of the Philadelphia Flyers, which was a community team. And they were the toughest, roughest bunch of hockey players. They were outgoing. They were outlandish. And I kind of thought that's who the 1984 Miami football team was. A misfit of characters, tough as nails, didn't give a crap about anybody and all of that stuff influenced our freshman class and from that we took it to a new level at Miami and we as we gathered more athletes and more kids wanted to come to Miami they wanted to be cool we made staying in Miami a cool thing we became popular in the city of Miami um Melvin brought the crowd from the north I brought the crowd from the south Benny Blaze and Brian Blaze brought the crowd from the Fort Lauderdale and Michael Irvin and all these guys. So there was such an influx of talent, an influx of people. People became interested in the University of Miami. It became a place to go. It was cool to go to University of Miami. If you went to University of Miami, you played on national TV, you played for national championship games, you got drafted in the first round, you got drafted. And that's, and basically that's kind of the story of how we got together and we said, let's go to Miami and build something because before I got there, there was no Miami in a national spotlight. 
um, I had never really heard of the University of Miami until I moved to Miami. So, you know, and I think Melvin can expand on that. No, hell, they used to give away tickets, uh, the, the free tickets at Burger King. You buy a Whopper and get yeah, two tickets free to the game. That's how terrible yeah. it was. What, what yeah. did Coach Schnellenberg, you mentioned him, Alonzo, and I want to ask you both, what did Coach Schnellenberger say or do that maybe sealed the deal or ultimately convinced you, okay, yeah, this is the place to, to, to be? Um, he basically told me what his plan was, and I believe in what – he said he promised me that if you stay home and we get this recruiting this this class that we're recruiting right now if i can get you and melvin in miami to stay here we'll win national championships for the next decade and that's what he told me he he said he told me to my face he said and he didn't promise me anything. The only thing he promised me, he didn't promise me I played and promise me I start or anything. He said, I promise you this. If you guys stay here, we'll dominate college football for the next 10 years. And, and he sold me on that. And you did for the next 10 years or more, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it was, I think it was, um, he was a prophet. He knew exactly. And then, the thing that really got me, how you know you believe in what a man says, is that I was there was no doubt in my mind I was going to start as a freshman at, at linebacker at the University of Miami. There's no doubt. And 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 when he moved me, I was I went into his office to tell me to tell him I, I'm not playing this position. I, I want to go back to linebacker. And he looked me in the eye and he told me one thing. He says, and I've always been a team player. And he said, I understand. I do believe you can be an All-American linebacker for us, Alonzo. But here's what I want you to know. If you play fullback for me, we'll win national championships. And I said, well, how do you turn that down? I mean, I mean, it, unless you're just a selfish individual and care more about yourself. And I made the move. Because of that, that's the only, if he had told me I could win the Heisman and play running back and do all that kind of stuff, I would have said, no, I'm, I'm going back to defense. But when he told me, if you do this for the team, we'll be a better team and we'll play for national championships. And that's why I did it. Um, Alonzo, you, you carried the torch. Um, I mean, you started a tradition, both of you at, you know, a lot of, a lot of people call us running back you whether it's running backs, whether it's fullbacks. We have obviously a rich history of that. And we also have the rich history of people coming back and giving back to, to, the, to the players that, that uh, succeed them. What, you know, it kind of started with your generation. How did that start? Why did you feel that responsibility to come back and give back to the running backs that came after you? Well, I think that Melvin please jump in. I think the reason why we did it was because I, I, I will say this about the University of Miami. We were that, that little engine that could. We weren't supposed to be a dominant program. We didn't have the facilities. We didn't have the infrastructure. The only thing we had what made Miami special was each other. And I said this about the University of Miami. We don't have, let me tell you something. You go look at some of these schools around the nation, 
we don't have what those schools have. We don't have the facilities, just what LSU have and, and Alabama. But what we do have, what Alabama doesn't have and all those other schools don't have, they don't have the togetherness and the brotherhood that Miami had. That was our bond. That's what made this program what it is. And we stuck with that creed. And we always came back to give back to these younger players. And the reason why people like to draft Miami players was the fact when you got a Miami player, there was a lot of pressure him, a lot of pressure from him on him from the guys who, who came before him to be a good football player. We didn't get to the pro, we didn't get the pro football and exhale and say, I made it. No. The guys at Miami, are when you come back to Miami, they're going to let you know how you did as a rookie. That was our brotherhood. We came back and supported the program. And I told somebody, the day we lose that at Miami, we'll be just a regular program. Because we don't have what the Alabamas and the LSUs and all these people have. But what we, but what we do have, money can't buy. And that was a brotherhood amongst the University of Miami football players. And Melvin, you can go on from there. Yeah, I concur with that. One of the things, a couple of things, when we saw Jim Kelly, I recall Jim Kelly coming back, and he was, I don't know if you remember that, that game. It was a game yep. they had a bye week, and he was standing on the sideline. We were so naive that we thought, like, hey, man, Jim Kelly is here. If we ball out, he'll go tell the Buffalo Bills owner and the general manager to draft me. So that was our mindset when we saw Jim Kelly come back on the sideline. He the one really, like, started as far as wanting to come back on the sideline. Yep. And then the other thing was Winston Moss was our roommate. And so Winston, he didn't get a red shirt either. It's like five guys, Alonzo, you know, him and uh, Greg McCosey and a couple other guys. But Winston came back after having a – he was a second-team all-rookie team uh, at linebacker. He came back to work out with us, and this was my senior year. And I beat his ass on a route. I, be, I mean, when I tell you, I, I beat his ass so bad to the point where the, everybody was – there's only us out there. All the, all the bros, I mean, the, the pro guys who came back, Alonzo was out there too. Everybody was like, woo. So what I did, I turned after I scored a touchdown. I walked up to him. I said, if you're the best and second team all pro, all rookie team, goddamn it, I'm supposed to be a first round pick. I'm supposed to be all of, I mean, a, a pro bowler like that. And that was a mindset. I beat him one time and he was in a league and he was second team rookie of the year. Bro, so you can tell me that I don't deserve to be at the next level. So the competitive attitude came from that because we still trying to outdo each other no matter what. And that was my roommate. I love him, but I still kicked his ass no matter what. And I didn't give a crap, you know? <laughs> well, you, you guys brought swagger back then. And I just want to go back to a story that I've heard many times, but I think a lot of people still like to hear it. We were playing Oklahoma. And you guys decide to let Oklahoma know, let their best player know that Miami Hurricanes were going to kick their ass. Can you just <laughs> relate to what you happened in that uh, little conversation? I, I, I could take that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so me always being the jokester of the team, and I always created all kind of crazy crap. I got everybody in trouble. But what happened was Brian Bosworth was on the front page of the Miami Herald. Not the sports page. He was on the very, very front page. And so the game, yeah, it was a haircut. So the game was at high noon on that, on that Saturday. So we go to the, the Shulas. You know, Brian, hey, we, that's where our, you know, pregame and hotel and food, everything else, we go eat and our meetings. So I turn, I look and uh, sit at the table having a bite. This dude on the front page of my paper. So I'm pissed. I'm like, 
dude, we don't even make the front page of the Miami Herald. I mean, sports, yeah, we would make it. I turned to him. I said, hi. I said, this is some bull crap. Then I showed it to him. I saw it pass around at the table. So later that night, I, I went to bed. So Lonzo and I was roommates on the road, and we was roommates, you know what I'm saying, at the dorm also. So I'm laying in the bed. I'm looking up. It's about, had to be what, about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. So I, I said, uh, I hear him kind of fidgeting. I said, I said, Rumi, are you up? He said, yeah. Are you up? Of course, yeah. We talking. Yeah, we up. So I, I said, man, I said, man, guess what? I say, can you believe Brian Bosworth on the front freaking page of our paper? He said, man, that's some bull crap. So we're talking. We, we, we at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. So I turned. I get up. I said, man, you know what? Let's call his ass right now and wake his ass up and let him know it is high noon. At high noon, he's in Miami. We're going to kick his so-and-so-and-so, and I mean, went in. He said, how you going to do that? I said, hold on. So we didn't have the cell phones, Brian, that you spoiled guys had. <laughs> you know, and y'all can, y'all can Google stuff and names or whatever. We had to get the phone book, bro. The OGs had to get oh, the phone book. Man. And we in the article, it said they were standing at the Fountain Blue Hotel. That pisses off either. So they in the Fountain Blue, bro. You can't get a Fountain Blue. That's three, four hours a night. We went in the yellow pages, pull up the Fountain Blue number, and dial Rotary. You know what I'm saying? And we called. <laughs> we had to call nine to get out, and then we called. So we called the Fountain Blue Hotel. And uh, so how looked at me. He said, you call him? I said, yes. We're going to wake his ass up and let him know what he got coming at high noon. So the girl had answered the phone, and they had a block on the phone. You know, when you travel – they have a block. You can't, fans can't call in. So the girl happened. I said, look, put Brian Bosworth on the phone like that. What's Bosworth's number? She said, sir, I'm sorry. Uh, they have a restriction on the phone like that. You probably could try back, you know, in the, later on in the morning. I said, she said, you want to leave a message? I said, yes. Tell them it's Melvin effing Bratton and Alonzo effing Highsmith. We're <laughs> calling him to give him a wake-up call that we're going to kick his off. So she said, hold on. She said, Melvin Bratton? Oh, I went to school with you. I said, really? She said, yeah. Hold on. I don't like his ass anyway. Hold on. So she clicked, <laughs> and she she put him through. She she dialed and she put it through the room. And then uh, so his roommate answered the phone. Hello. I said, where's Bosworth? But mind you, this fool right here who's on the on, on line with Alonzo, he got all the lights on in the room. He's bouncing around and he's like, I'm talking about, yeah. Sob, yeah, he screamed. I'm mean, at the top of his voice. He's swinging and swinging on the lamps, bust the lamp, boom, boom. I'm looking like, bro, you take it a little too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's swinging. I mean, he's throwing stuff, and I mean, he's screaming in the back. You tell that so 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 so. So the guy who answered the phone was his roommate. He said, "Hold on." I said, "Uh," he said, "Brian." So Boz got on the phone. He said, "Hello." I said, "Brian, this is Melvin Elfin Brad and Alonzo freaking Highsmith." We're calling you to give you a wake-up call at high noon. When you touch that orange bowl, we're going to kick your so-and-so-so ass. Lonzo in the back screaming, yeah, you mother. <laughs> and he's going, I mean, Lonzo's going crazy in the background. I got nervous. I'm looking at hey, bro, you take it a little too far, bro. And, but Brian, Brian's such a character. He said, man, Mel, hey, man, I appreciate you guys calling. But why y'all had to call so early? And I had and, – and I and I just I just bust out laughing. I that, hung was up on him. that was funny. That was funny. So I so I bust out laughing, and so Lonzo going on. So what we do? We wake up. We go down the hallway, bamming on everybody's door, the whole entire defense and everybody. So we go in Jerome Brown's room, and we telling them what what we did. So the starting defense 
all 11 are in the room listening to what we had did. So they said, give us the number. They take the number, and they call, <laughs> and they call, ask for Jamel Holloway. They're in the background, and y'all remember, y'all remember, uh, what's the movie, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Warriors, Warriors, uh, what's the name of the movie, uh, I Warriors. can't think of the name. Warriors, Warriors. The Warriors, the Warriors. Yeah, so, these, so, yeah, Warriors come out and play, so, right, so they called Jamel. Jamel got a high screen voice. Hello, who is this? And so every defense player is saying, this is so-and-so, this Darren Fullerton, this Talbert Bain, this Jerome Brown, and this Benny Blaze. We go kick your, hey, man, why y'all calling me this early? So he says, shut the, they say, shut the hell up. They, they going off on him. And then these fools started in the background, Jamel, come out and play. So they took that movie and they started singing the song in the background and hung up. Everybody did not go back to sleep. We were so amped, man. I'm talking about we, Jimmy, them, they didn't even know we had the whole entire floor. Everybody was up. We was ranting up on the stage. I mean, four in the morning, we up, man, ready to go. So that's part of the story, what happened in Oklahoma. Now, take me on the field now. What, what, what is the, what's the talk on the field when you finally see them, get in the huddle, across from them, everything? Coin toss. Oh, it's, I'll tell you that. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> that, that was – I tell you what, we had a pretty intense pregame, and, and, and a lot of people didn't know that. But, I mean, we were ready to play. And when we all got together, we were just thinking about when we were getting ready to go up there. Jerome said, we ain't shaking their hands. Winston goes, good. We don't have to shake their hands. And I said, well, fine, let's do it. Let's do it. And um, we went up to the coin toss. That's when our team started sliding out to the field and, you know, the team came out a little bit far further than they usually go out with us. They started pointing out with pointing at Oklahoma. And then we got up to the coin toss and I was like, I, I, you know, I, I said some words before that, but they didn't see it. They only caught, I'm not scared of you, B. But I, I said some other degrading stuff, right walking up to it. And I was pointing at Bosworth and another guy. And Jerome Brown started mouthing off, and the ref said, we're going to give you a penalty. And Jerome said, I, I don't give a shit. Give us a penalty. <laughs> and, it was, it, it, and at that point, and at that point, it was on. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I knew that day we weren't going to lose. There was not even a chance. And, out, and Oklahoma knew we weren't going to lose that game because, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Of all those things, it's unfortunate if my four years we didn't win I didn't win three national championships. I thought, I even thought my sophomore year team should have won a national championship. My junior year should have won a national championship. And definitely my senior year should have won a national championship. And the thing that was interesting about Miami winning a national championship in 1988, it's the exact same team without me, Melvin. Jerome, no, no, Moss. No, Moss. 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 If I, well, was, I was there, I was there, bro. You mean Rakozi, you, yeah, Mark, yeah, me, yeah. yeah but you only lost us, right? So it was basically the same team with Newt, with Steve Walsh taking Vinny's place, you taking my place, not taking my place, but you know, as, I, was as, I was better than you. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, you, you were a great running back for a little guy. <laughs> 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 You're a good try-hard kid. <laughs> Damn. Uh, okay, Slappy. Okay, Slappy. <laughs> but, hey, but, but you guys, the thing you don't understand what I tell people what they won't understand, they won't understand the love affair the team had for each other. And, 
and, and it, it can't be duplicated. It has to be genuinely earned and developed over time with championship teams and being around each other, the, the familiarity with everybody, the passion you had for everybody and the, and the passion of not letting your teammates down and, and the passion of going out there to, to give, like, you know, I tell players these days, how come I know more about you on Twitter than as a good football player? Like, like I wanted approval from my teammates. That was, I didn't care about the crowd or I wanted my teammates to feel as though that I earned their respect. And yep. that's what, that's what we always tried to do at Miami. We wanted to earn each other's respect and you had to pay the price to earn that respect so you know and and, and I, it's hard to duplicate it's, it's it's hard to do times are different and i'm not saying we were better who's better i'm just saying that there has to be a love affair a passion for your teammates and in my four years in college i can say we had it now you mentioned you know paying your dues you know brotherhood the love for your teammates you know, once you pay those dudes, you know, there comes some, you know, rewards for your labors and stuff like that. And one of those things, you know, is going out in Miami. And, you know, as the the, the young the young buck here, I've heard the the stories of the, the 80s guys and, and, and running the U. You know, when we used to go out, we were still good when I got here as a freshman. But I heard some stories about, you know, you guys when you guys attended the club and getting to the front of the line and going past certain people Maybe they played in this city. Maybe they played in other cities. But, you know, talk me, you know, tell me some of those stories about you guys literally running this city. Uh, Melvin was the king. I'm going to let him do that. <laughs> I, I, that. That was all Melvin Brown. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we had this club, a couple of clubs, and we was, uh, well, a lot, all the clubs, Manhattan, Strawberries, Manhattan was right down the street. But Strawberries was one of the clubs where the Dolphin players, we was coming in, we never stood in line. Nowhere in Miami. That was like a sin for a hurricane to stand in line. No. That was like general rule number one. So we all pull up, Mike Irvin, myself, Alonzo, Jerome Brown, Benny Blake, Bryant, the whole crew. So we had all had black cars. Our, 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 our class had all black cars. We had like 13 or 14 guys, and all our cars had to be black. And we rolled single file. Everywhere we went, we would go baseline. We, we would have had 100 accidents. I mean, we never <laughs> drove properly or none of that. So we should get from the, the campus after the game to Fort Lauderdale like in 12 minutes. That's how crazy we were. To Fort Lauderdale. But, so, yes, yes, bro, yes. We, yeah, it's just Wasn't Club much traffic back then. You, you didn't, you, Troop it, didn't give you guys like an escort going like that? No, listen, we call it baseline. <laughs> you know the, 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 the lane where you pull off to the side with uh -huh. a flat tire? That was our lane. Oh, wow. So we took, yeah, yeah, that was our lane. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah we, call it, we call it baseline. And uh, so we'll go baseline all the way up to Fort Lauderdale. But what happened was we pulled up at, at, at Strawberries. We coming out, we all, everybody waiting. So the bouncers, all the dudes, everybody knew us. We coming in. Mel, how many got with you? I say, the team right here. I say, they, I, he with me. The last guy, just raise your hand. But we look to the left. There's Lorenzo Hampson, uh, Ron Davenport, and I can't think of uh, who the other player was. For the Dolphins, we had a first-round pick running back, two first-round picks. The fullback, the running back, and then maybe I think it was somebody else. These uh, James Pruitt, they're standing in line uh, step by step. I happen to look to my left. I said, JP, I said, Lo, what y'all doing? Now we wait. I said, nah, dog, nah, come on. 
<laughs> so I told them, come on, y'all come with us like that. So we take those guys in and that's what changed the whole culture with Miami uh, uh, football because we had, we took care of the Dolphins and then we would send them a bottle. Hey, bro, you send them drinks over there. It's on us around there. And here they're six figure dudes. We're quote unquote broke college guys, but we still show them a good time. But what that goes back to the fact when you talk about staying home, the advantages when you stay at home and you're successful, you know, everybody in the city, you know, the bouncers, you know, the restaurants you've been going to these, there's people who own clubs and bars and who you went to high school with, who knew you when you were in high school and junior high. So that was the added advantage of staying home in Miami. You knew the people, you knew the community, and the community supported you. And I think that was one of the greatest things that happened to the University of Miami. Yeah, that's the reason I still live here. Shoot, I ain't waiting in line for a club either. <laughs> <laughs> Heck no. Now, what, what, now if, you go to, if you're from Miami and you go to Iowa, good luck. Oh, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> or, or like those kids last year, they went to Nebraska yeah, and lasted and, one year exactly, before they turned no. around. You talked yeah. about that brotherhood going into into the pros and 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 guys coming back in their off seasons. Lonzo, you're in the you're in the pros now. Um, uh, uh, in you know in the front office, what do you see of that brotherhood? And and you've got a few hurricanes on your team, all right? DJ Dallas is showing yeah. up. Travis Homer, well, I, you've I, got coaches yeah. there. What do you? How do you see that brotherhood? Is it still alive? The, the, is it still brotherhood strong? is much bigger off the field than back at the University of Miami. You have to realize times change. There's new people. There's, you know, there, there, there's a whole bunch of people in the Hex Center now that a lot of guys don't know. They changed the rules and all that kind of stuff. So you know, so so they, it's it's the brotherhood is still there but it's not as visible as it was back in the earlier days. Is that also just because we don't have the same amount of talent in the NFL as we did, say, no, 10 years I, ago? I, 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 think the NCAA, I think the NCAA came in and made the Miami rules. Um, a lot of coaches complained about former players at Miami on the sidelines of games. And I remember Bobby Bowden told me one time, you know, it's amazing. I'm offering to buy our former players plane tickets to come visit and I can't get them. And you guys just show up for free. Bobby Bowden told me that I'll never forget that. He thought that was the most fascinating thing he'd ever seen. And he didn't understand that when Pablo Lopez died, our team, most of our team went to the funeral Yeah, because we were all from Miami. And we all knew each other. We were all on the Dade County football team and all Dade, all state. So, you know, and, and, and I think it takes a certain type of people. And I, I will say this, if you've ever met any of the Miami guys, they're totally unselfish. I can't think of a bad guy. I can't think of a me guy. I mean, yeah, we all wanted attention. Melvin took his helmet off and Michael Irvin no, no, no. The reason why I did it because I wanted the chicks to know who I was because the basketball players. Yeah, they, they kept they, all mixed, the chicks they, see them. So they kept mixing me and you up. What? <laughs> they kept mixing me and you up. No, no, bro, not at all. No, I look so, way better than you, bro. We never had that problem. So, so I was a chick magnet, bro. I was a chick magnet, bro. Hey, you know what? Stop. Okay, stop. Stop. So, so you know, as I was saying, was. You know, we had 
the thing that wins championships, you gotta have the first thing to win a championship, you gotta have good people. Don't let what the media says. People don't even know 90% of our players were graduating in the 80s and 90s. I mean, we graduated. And guess what? When you went to Miami, you couldn't take no basket weaving courses. I mean, the school was on our butts when I was in Miami. It, yeah. There was no easy classes. Coach Johnson told us, if you don't make it to school, I can't help you. So, and that's a lot of things that people don't know about Miami. I graduated in four years. Now, if you graduate in six years, they give you a standing ovation. You know? <laughs> you know? So, times are different, but we also had special people. And that's about recruiting the right type of people. You have to recruit the unselfish superstars, the guys that are willing to grow, the guys that want to be team players, and the guys that care about community and team. You get those type of guys, you're going to win. That's why Max recruited us, man. Max knew, knew he had to come get the OGs in order to just make this thing go full-fledged. Full well, you guys definitely made it go then, but there's one player I want to have you guys just touch on real quick is, is Jerome Brown. You know, Best we got a lot of time. young young listeners now. They don't really know what a that's a bad dude. In I mean, a enforcer. How he dominated uh, the teams that he played against. Just give us a little bit about Jerome Brown. I'm gonna just say this, and I'll let Melvin take over. I've watched the film of Warren Sapp. I've watched the film of Jerome Brown. I love Warren Sapp, Cortez, Kenny, and all those guys. <laughs> they couldn't hold Jerome Brown's jock. No offense to them great players. Jerome would have been in the Hall of Fame as well if he hadn't passed away. And that's the best football player. There's a guy we don't talk about, Reggie Sutton, who was probably the second or third best player athlete ever played in Miami. Eddie Brown, Michael Irvin, you could whoever you want to do it. But Jerome Brown's either one, two, or three. That's fact. I I, I co-signed that because the thing is, Jerome was a special <clears throat> for him to be an All-American in baseball, Max, you're going to like this. JB could have went to the to the, to the the majors, you know what I'm saying, as far as baseball. That big old joker right there. And he played fullback, running back, tight end, and de-tackle at, in Brooksville High School. So when we actually sat down and watched film on the guys, Alonzo and I, when we started recruiting and helping, we still in high school. We, like, bring the film. So Coach Alexander would give us the film of the players that we were recruiting and the ones that we didn't really thought didn't fit us. There's a guy named Derek Brown, played tight end. He went to Notre Dame from Maradona High School. And I hope Derek is listening to this. I've seen him on TV doing some commentating. I was Derek host uh, because they would bring the top players to, for us. To, our room was like the big time host. So they gave me Derek Brown. The first night I took this kid and I knew uh, he was like looking all around, like he nervous the whole deal. And we had him at a nice, decent club, Brian. So what we ain't having? We had him in the hood, but not the hood, hood. <laughs> this dude, this dude here, he was so uncomfortable in the whole deal. And I was like, I went the next day that morning. So Coach Alexander called me, said, "How did it go? How did it go? Do you think we got him?" I said, "We don't want him." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "He don't fit us because it was down to us at Notre Dame." I said, send his ass to Notre Dame. He fits Notre Dame. He's a typical Notre Dame guy, a preppy guy where they wear college shirts and the class and all that stuff and carry book bags. I mean, uh, briefcases. Get it. Let him go to Notre Dame. He don't fit us. He said, are you serious? I'm like, yes. So I'm not taking him out. Find somebody else for tomorrow night. I'm out. And I gave the money back. The weekend money, hey, your meal money, I gave the money back to him. And then I was like, no, I'm not even taking this kid out no more. He don't fit us. 
They didn't go to the strippers. Ain't you were in a, you were in a strip club or nothing like that? You didn't give the money yeah, to them? No, and, no. We <laughs> actually we didn't we didn't do a lot of the strip clubs like did back then because it, it was it was as popping like yeah. it was in y'all era. But so we did the, the club scenes more like that. But no, nah, dude, dude couldn't go out with me no more. So I was like, no, I'm not taking the word. Max, is he saying that to you because you fit that preppy Notre Dame ish, or you know, like <laughs> you you got the UM swag over there? You know what's up? No, like no. this this crowded thing, we're gonna have to be swagged up with it now. Now, now, now we lost we lost a few too because we took them out too late at night. Oh, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. We lost Pat Carter because we brought him in at four in the morning, and we lost Metcalf because we brought him in at five. <laughs> He lost him. That's the. It, it, I mean, I feel. I feel like that's the norm, right? You know, my roommate in college was John Beeson, and he was kind of like you guys. The top recruits, coaches, like yo, Beast, this is who you got. So it was right. like Jermaine Gresham, C.J. Spiller, you know, all the top dudes. And I remember Jermaine Gresham. We went out, and Jermaine is is in the club, you know. And at this time, it was bed. You know, you know, bed was popping, well, yeah. and a whole bunch I, of other yeah. stuff that we had going on prive and. He's in there wide eye like, oh my goodness, this is Miami, and he's he's all he wanted to do was meet Uncle Luke. That's it. Really, he just wanted to really? meet Uncle Luke. You know, so Beast got on the phone, pop, 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 pop. Hey, come meet us at the club. Meet us at the club. He's going nuts. We get in at I don't even know the time we got in. He looks at Beast and goes, "Man, I want to come here so bad, but my mom ain't gonna let me come down to Miami." That's exactly. <laughs> what my mom ain't gonna let me do it. That's exactly what Eric Metcalf said. <laughs> Pat, Carter, Pat Carter Mom said the same thing. No, son. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a special guy, though, really, to balance it the does. Miami lifestyle and also the school and the practice. We used to party so hard, though, B, we would leave the club in our street clothes and smell like the whole huddle smell like uh, uh, Crown Royal, Remy. Mar- we drank Remy back then. VSOP, the whole huddle was reeking on Saturday scrimmage in the spring. And we would come in with our night clothes, our, our dress clothes for the club that night. Mike Irv, all of us, we would get spatted up, taped, and went out there and ball. I mean, we competed. And then went, got some rest, and we went back out Saturday night. And then we'd get up and go to church on Sunday from the club with our same street clothes on, go to the church in the Coconut Grove. So we had a brotherhood for real, for real. Yeah, we actually we were talking to Kareem Brown a couple weeks ago when we mentioned that because – you, you you earn it, right? You earn the right to party, but then you earn the right the next day. You get up, put on your cleats. It's gonna smell like shit in the huddle, and but you know what? You're gonna run your. At one point, we had 14 200s after we beat Virginia, or we had 26 100. You know, Swayze ran us into the ground, but no matter what, you got up, you put in the work. Even if you got in at five o'clock, six o'clock, you took your your butt straight to the locker room and got to work. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? Kobe Kobe Bryant talked about that. He told guys working out, you can go out at night, but you better be up in the morning. And that was our model. Now, we always said this, always said this. Hey, you can go out and party, but you better have your ass up when we go get ready to run. And you better do your job. And, no, no, and, hi. And- what about what about, what about about we had all-season training and if a guy didn't show up at, at our practice and we had the players only, where the coach is going to be on the field in the spring? We had uh, Mike Burrow. Mike, well, Mike Burrow came on a recruiting trip, and he came, but he came, he came to visit. He came to the locker room with a girl. Mm. He bought this chick in the in the in the weight room. In the weight room, we stopped the music and stopped everything. We looked at him and say, "Bro, what are you doing? We don't do that. No chicks allowed in there. This is our safe haven. We don't do that." 
we got in his butt so bad, man. Mike wanted to cry. I mean, he cried. One guy, I forgot who it was, he he laid up in the bed with a chick and didn't come to workouts. All of us stopped. Remember how we got in all the cars and we drove to 36. We kicked this door in with him and a chick in the bed and said, look, are you better than us? What the hell's your problem? Dog, we don't do this. Get your so-and-so behind up right now and get over there. You better than us? And that was our motto, man. We all in one. It was all 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 together. When someone did that, did they get in line? Did they were they done? Did you lose respect to them to the point that, you know, well they, they got in line. Well, they got in line because if they weren't in line with their teammates, they weren't in line with Coach Johnson. So they knew they wouldn't be there. It was over. How much did you interact with Coach Johnson to tell him, hey, this guy's not in line? Like, would you go and report to him, or it was? No, no. coaches. No, coaches knew. Coaches kind of knew who who wasn't in line, and you know, and when coach thought they didn't fit in with this group, he we didn't have to tell him who was late to practice or who was, wasn't doing their schoolwork or who wasn't showing up. He knew, and he would tell some of the veteran guys on the team, hey. This guy's not going to be here. He doesn't fit in. We would just say, "Yeah, we agree with you, man. Get him out of here." Well, I know you guys. That are, was it. I know you guys are glad there was no such thing as social media back then when you guys were hanging out. Man, bro, Melvin's the he'd be out of school. <laughs> no, I, I told I told I told somebody. I said, "Listen, we'll just be getting out of prison like last week." I mean, because <laughs> there's the stuff that that these kids are doing. Like, well, Lonzo, go back to what he said. We hate. I, I'm not a big social media guy. Just learning this year, first time. But and like, he can't was stop saying, posting pictures of himself. Yeah, <laughs> very dapper I'm pictures sick. of himself. He looks good though, I, man. He's suited and booted. Oh, you know, yeah. hey, uh, hey, you, you know that's what? My dog. Go ahead, B. But no, <laughs> hey, hey, shut up. Uh, how you go to hell, bro? But <laughs> hey, but these guys don't understand. They'll they'll make a play. They're in the locker room. They don't got beat 30, 30 sub by 30 points. Yes. They're posting them running, catching the out route or something Ugh. like that in the touchdown, whatever. I'm sitting there like, dude, really? You just got your butt kicked. You should be embarrassed to even put anything out there on, on social media. Now, this is kind of the generation we're dealing with. But when you look more specifically at, at, at our team, at the University of Miami, you know, obviously in, in about a week we're playing Alabama uh, we talked about their facilities being much better, and obviously their talent has been much better than ours. Where do you see the biggest difference? Is it depth? Is it talent? Is it talent in the skills positions or the lines? And do you see that difference, you know, getting closer that to, that we that we have a chance to win next week? I'll well, let Lonzo talk about that. Go ahead, Hop. Well, I, I think the thing that Miami's been missing for the last few years. It's just the right type of kids. There's more to football than four stars and five stars. The right type of kids. And I'll give you an example of the right type of kid. Kevin King wasn't a five-star guy. He wasn't, he was a good quarterback in Texas high school football, but he's got the right mindset. The right mindset affects all those around him that are there. He's made them better. If we didn't have Kevin King I don't know where we'd be because Kevin King, Eric King, Eric King, I'm sorry. Eric King is the right mindset that we need at University of Miami. You know, we don't need stars. We need kids to me that have the right mindset. It's one thing to be a great player and talented, but if you don't have the, the right mindset, it means nothing. 
And I, and I think we've been missing some of that in the last few years. And hopefully through the recruiting and, and winning more games and, you know, you know, we, we've got to get out of this up and down football. You, you win a game, everyone's excited. Then you lose a game. Then you win, you lose. And, and we're, let me tell you something. We should never lose in ACC. We should never lose more than two games in ACC. I mean, the only game we should ever lose in AC is maybe Clemson. That's just me. I don't give a damn. We shouldn't lose not one. I don't know. I, I, no, no, <laughs> Knew that no, was coming. No. Yeah, no. Hey, how are you going to accept losing? Would you would, You think that you'd have came to the locker room and said that to us? We'd have kicked no. your ass, bro. You, you, you'd have got you, but I'm saying for where our program is now. Really? Right. There's, more, there's more parity. But here's, here's a question for you. You guys didn't lose much when you played there. But you guys wouldn't go out clubbing or, or if there's social media around, you wouldn't be posting that kind of stuff. You guys got mad when you lost, and the team you played the following week got to pay for that, didn't they? Oh, yeah. It was hell. Facts. We, we were scared to lose. <laughs> yeah. Because losing hurt. We knew it was going to hurt in practice. It was, the plane ride was miserable home. Um, everything was miserable. The trainers were miserable. The equipment guys were miserable. Jimmy Johnson was miserable. And, and the girls, all the girls was miserable, too. They wouldn't talk to us that week. Yeah. <laughs> There's real motivation right there, right? Hey, that's always that motivation. <laughs> that's always motivation. Uh, you know, um, you guys mentioned some stuff earlier about the you know NIL and stuff, everything like that. Max, let me ask you this. Are you guys looking in the future to do deals with um, college kids in NIL, or is it going to be strictly uh, alumni guys, the older you know crowd per se? Uh, I guess I'm uh, old now. No, you're right on target. We want both. You know, first of all, I want all the alumni and all that good stuff. But yeah, you know, for definitely NIL moving forward. I mean, we're a perfect fit, and you know, just really when we. What we become is just by aggregating the posts, I tell everybody, we become like a multimedia Wikipedia. So you go to Wikipedia, you see the history of everything. We're doing the same thing. So you go to the Hard Rock Stadium page, you see all the uh, past events from Hard Rock. You know, Hard Rock has the Dolphins, the Canes, the concerts, soccer. So we're bringing the same thing that, you know, we're aggregating everything where we can become that like, you know, home database. And that goes forward with, you know, the high school kids, the athletes. Imagine you're a football player. All right, your parents create, you know, the Pop Warner, you know, page for you. All right. Then it takes you up through travel all the way up to high school. And, you know, now we have an entire athlete's, you know, career basically and his career highlights and all that kind of stuff on his one page. So he's building up his brand. So, yeah, that fits right perfect into NIL moving forward. Man, boy, you're about to blow up some of these kids' heads way more since a peewee. Sheesh. Man, Mel, I don't even know if you would have made it to college, Mel. I don't know if you would have made it to college or the way you would be going. No, I got to go. You got to go. Zo, right, take man. it easy, my brother. We appreciate your time. Alonzo, come back. Let's get some wings next time you're in town. I'll be for sure. Hey, All right, bro. All right. Thank but you, Brian, man. The, but you know what? what's scary? I, I, a lot of my players, you know, me being a sports agent, and then I'm hearing a lot of kids getting the NIL deals. But a lot of parents have been calling me. I'm so two things that I'm afraid of. A, the taxes on these deals and stuff like that. These kids are not savvy enough to understand that you're paying different states in the whole deal mm -hmm. when you speak these companies. A, and then B, a lot of them are staying up midnight, one in the morning, trying to build 
their bandwidth and contacts and you're, they're losing the focus on the field far as training wise because you're so spending much, so much time trying to build to get those few dollars. So these companies are cash after these kids, Venmoing, and there's no track record far as what's what. So now guess what? Four or five years later, somebody gonna be in some tax issue, probably have problems. They done did this, the whole deal. It's just bro, it, it, this they didn't think this thing out very thoroughly at all. Yeah, we've mentioned that a couple times, and and the biggest thing is giving these kids information to help themselves out. The more resources they have, the better it'll benefit them. Saying you don't know what taxes are until that tax man comes to you and says, "Hey, by the way, that's two years of back taxes right there. If you don't pay up, you come into jail." You know, and, right. and unless each school says, "Hey, this is." Platon. Platon is going to be your guy for everything. He's getting paid by the University of Miami. You don't have to worry about any you know, percentages of deals. You got a question? He's going to tell you. He's going to inform you about taxes. He's going to inform you about agents that are going to be the scummy ones. He's going to inform you to say, don't just sign any contract. Bring it to me. Bring it to an attorney. We will see everything. We will overlook everything and help you guys out so they don't get into such a situation. But the problem is, is that we all know the NCA is one of the most corrupt organizations out there and they literally left what 95 percent of all their universities hanging up until like this the last day before they said oh yeah by the way it's all legal figure it out we don't know what we're going to do for you that's fact you know and i look at it too like you said the ncaa football game was the hottest game that that in the country it it, uh, it superseded the the nfl game because you got so many viewers, you got so many colleges, there's 100 plus colleges. Imagine all different regions and the players. That's why they can put the likeness of the name on there. This is why they did it because it's so much money. When they pull that game off the shelf, that crashed the NCAA market, you know, saying far as that, because that was the hottest seller in the country to do that. So it's all, like you said, it's all part of a, of a money grab, but. Here it is now, you know what I'm saying? So we yeah. just hope these kids don't get themselves in. Mel, in Mel we, had, we had Blake James on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about a missed opportunity that, that, that the athletic departments had across the country by not coming to some agreement back when that game was being brought up with the Ed O'Bannon trial and stuff like that, that if they would have come up to a way to say, Let, let's keep this going, let's share some money with all these players, it would have kept going, and the schools were making a lot of money. And the players would have loved it because they could play the game with them in the game. And a lot of kids were pissed off when that didn't happen. But, you know, the NCAA never really handled this properly then. And going into NIL, they didn't handle it again properly. That's why it's the wild, wild west out there right now. It really is. I'm, I'm happy for Derek King. But my thing, I think he's going to make more money in college than he will in the pro <laughs> level. For sure. No, Mel, and I, and I, I, I share your concern on they're going to be spending more time designing T-shirts, trying to find ways to make money where that, that time should be spent either sleeping, getting rest, or in your playbook or in your class books. Um, and something's got to suffer there. And if the classes suffer, they're not going to get on the field. If the playbooks suffer, the team's going to – um, uh, the team's going to suffer. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to balance that because asking an 18, 19, 20-year-old to do that when they can barely balance school by itself um, right. it, it, it is really difficult. Well, look, OnlyFans is coming back, so now I'm going to be able to make some extra money on the side, thank God. I didn't know where my extra <laughs> revenue was going to go, but <laughs> it, it's finally coming back. All right, fellas, uh, before we let you go, I want you guys to make sure to let all the fans know uh, what's the app's name? When is it going to launch? Give him everything. 
Yeah, so it's called Crowd It. Uh, you can download it on Friday. Uh, truth be told, you can download it right now, but you know we want to work out those last little bugs. Friday will be full tilt, ready to go. And you know, all I'm asking is, you know, everyone just enjoy it. You know, when you first go on the app, you know, obviously I want you, like I said, to comment on all those, you know, recruits edits and stuff and, you know, just obviously help the Miami brand in total. But, you know, right off the bat, you know, we're going to be like, hey, can we have access to your camera roll? All right, Brian, we see you were at Hard Rock Stadium. On, what up? You know, oh, I'll yeah. take pictures. Don't worry. <laughs> You, you can see uh, you you were at Hard Rock Stadium on November 7, 2017. Well, guess what? We know Miami played Notre Dame that day. Do you want to upload your, you know, 10 photos and five videos? So right off the bat, all those past games from the past five, six years, we're able to populate it right off the bat. So people are going to be able to enjoy those past experiences right off. And then, you know, we encourage everyone to come visit us, West Lot, you know, in the orange section for uh, – Every home game will be tailgating. Y'all be passing out some drinks, right? We will be passing out some drinks. Okay, you, you hey, can see where Brian's thinking. Sure, you don't really know what I'm thinking. My next question, too, <laughs> is going to be about what I'm thinking as well. In this app, let's say there's a photo of me. Mm-hmm. Is my Instagram or anything going to be tagged on that on that picture so, you know, the, the ladies that are looking through this know who I am and be like, boop, that's Brian Monroe. Let me go straight to his page. Let me no, slide no. into his DMs. Facts. What? No. <laughs> No time to Instagram, but, you know, we'll uh, work something out. Mel knows the good clubs, man, so he's got you. Don't worry Okay, about listen, that. just as long as, you you know, you could tag me on something, and maybe I put my email up, you know what I'm saying, so it's not social media related, something so the ladies can be like, oh, who's that? Or just put the name. I'm down with that. Yeah. We'll broadcast you. We'll do, like, a promoted post. On there you can see that's what I'm talking about. There it is, B. Any, anyone going to the FIU games, to the FAU games, Miami games, We'll just kind of, you know, gear them towards you and see what happens. I, I got, I'll make sure they have a great time. But, but I don't know if he can handle, you know, his gigs now and having all those ladies call you, man. Oh, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. I multitask, baby. You can multitask? Oh, okay. what? All right. All Listen, right. and don't worry about, you know, bilingual, trilingual. I got an app. That, <laughs> I got 20-some different languages. I got you. We can communicate. <laughs> well, 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 Max, uh, Melvin, you know, Melvin, I'll see you next week at the party. Okay. Yes, sir. And we'll promote it a little bit more up there, and hopefully we can get the party uh, app going. You know, get the app on the party and have everybody see what happened at that party next week. Because okay. between Lamar and Reggie and you and some other guys that are going to be there, we should have a pretty good, pretty good evening. Cool beans. I'm looking forward to it, man. Guys, thank you guys, man, for spending time, man. And we look forward to it. We'll keep y'all abreast, but push it on y'all social media for us, man. We we gonna make numbers, and we got to get with you, Brian, too, because it's, it's about the Canes. That the way Max structured this, he wanted us to be involved. This is our 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 destiny. For sure, I'm definitely down with that. I'm a mini king. We'll talk. Mini yeah. king, you you are older head than me. Yeah, and you you the goat. You the goat. You the clothing goat. You the clothing goat. And Max, hopefully I meet you uh, App State game. See if I can step away from the broadcast, or you come over and say what's up. Absolutely, and we'll reach out to you. So uh, you know, you're part of all the meetings moving forward too, my man. So sure. thank you guys so much. For Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. You thank guys you have guys. a great thank night. You, all right. Take it easy. Thank you guys. Take it thank easy, guys. Okay. Have a good one. All right, Canes fans. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed two great running backs to come to I mean, you. Those stories. I mean, Oklahoma. come on. I mean, come on. That is can't classic. That. You gold. just can't beat it. You know, listen, you young guys out there. That's where it started from. That's where the swagger came from. Homegrown guys, or at least home playing guys, okay, 
decided to tell people exactly what it was all about. And that swagger, that and the thing about swagger is if you can't back it up, it's really well, just that, nothing. And, that, you know? and that's been the problem. You know. Let's see what happens though. When this is released, we'll be uh we'll be game week. Game yep. week, that's right. You know, I'll be nervous as heck the whole entire yep. week. But yep. hey, listen, I'm I'm excited football is back. Um, you know, everybody keeps mentioning that comes on as a guest, the Eric King maturity experience. Uh, it makes you kind of feel good going into this game. Uh, new quarterback for them, not a new players. It, let's just let's bring our A game. Let's execute. Yep. Let's not have those mental mistakes that we've had in past first games. Florida drop punt, LSU interception, pick six. When we're in the game to the end, let's see a, a, a perfect game from this team. Man, let's let's get that big upset. Anything can happen, baby. That'd be great. Be Bama. Be Bama. Be Bama. Be Bama. It time. sounds good coming from you, Brian. I mean, listen, a lot of things sound good coming from me. But, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to say that for everybody. Beat Bama. <laughs> Beat Bama. Take it easy, Canes fans. Till next time.